What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hugigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Show. My name is wow. Danny Hudson, and I'm joined by Danny, Whoa. Kelly, and Craig Holbeck. We are back. We are back. We are back. I mean, technically, we never left. Really, just Ben Solek left to go do the other thousand things at the ringer. But yeah, like, we, we're back. Fantasy football show's back. Art's back. Dame is back. We're back. We're coming to you every week of the summer, and then a lot more than that once the season begins and training camp and all that. But for now, once a week, except this week, we're going to give you two episodes. That was kind of confusing, but hell yeah, we're doing it. Fantasy football. Rookie vibes today. Our fantasy rankings are dropping this week at fantasyfootball.thereer.com, so you can check that out. Top 200, we're going through everything. We're doing it. It's May, and you know what people think about in the month of May? Fantasy football. Damn right. <laughs> at least I do. Well, a lot of freaks out there doing dynasty drafts, so that's uh, that's where my head's at right now. <laughs> I was I, Craig and I love Bo Burnham, um, and I somehow didn't know that he had outtakes, and I just was watching him, and he was just talking about, like, what a beautiful day to be inside. <laughs> I was like, that's really what we're doing. It here. looks so nice out there. <laughs> so without further ado, we're just going to dive in. NFL draft this weekend, rookies go places. And honestly, rookies very often just swing the entire season. So we're going to just kind of take the temperature check on a bunch of vibes, just a vibes check on all the landing spots for rookies. <laughs> and some of these, honestly, these are first round picks, these second, third round picks. And some of these guys are ninth or 10th round picks that can just win you a championship. That happens all the time. So yeah. I was going to throw it to DK, but Craig, you sounded like you had thoughts. Well, no, I was just going to say that it's it's for people who aren't like locked into the draft, but they play fantasy football and enjoy the NFL. It's hard to keep track of a lot of these things because a lot of like second, third and fourth rounders are relevant in the fantasy season and break out. And just knowing landing spots is like homework for the Huge. average NFL fan. So we're covering all that today. We're staying inside so that you can go outside. That's, That's right. That's really what's going on here. The second. Okay. So want to. Just start off with the most obvious one here. We got Bajan Robinson, the mm-hmm. Texas running back, best running back prospect in five years, goes to the Atlanta Falcons. Great and spot. Perfect spot. We were wondering. Maybe. It's not a question of whether, you know, you're going to take him with a top pick, but it's like, where do you draft Bajan Robinson, right? Is he a first round or early second? 
go through our fantasy rankings this week, and I was perusing through DK's, and DK, you have him ranked third, period, overall, <laughs> in the whole That's draft. That's badass, DK. That's badass. <laughs> you have Look. Christian McCaffrey first, Austin Eckler second, and then you've got Sean Robinson third. Yeah. Uh, holy shit, man. Look, this is the time for optimism. Maybe I'll back off of that a little bit as we go in. But Craig, Craig instructed me very specifically: just go with your gut, go with yes. it, go with your feel on this one. Um, looking back on a few of like the big name early drafted rookie running backs going back through history, so just like the last 10, 11, 12 years. Um, let me just let me just go through them because I think it's important to to remember this. Saquon Barkley, his rookie season, he was the RB one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Fred, his rookie season, he was the RB9. Christian McCaffrey was the RB10. Zeke was the RB2. He averaged tw- almost 22 points per game. Uh, Todd Gurley, he finished as the RB9. Trent Richardson, going back to 2012, finished as the RB7. Well, so, that one aged poorly, but yeah. I mean, look, he he finished as the RB7. Like, he did good. He did a yeah, good job. Yeah, he was a rookie, they, he was rookie good. year. They feed first-round rookie running backs. The point is, yes, I, I'm going back, and the running back selected in the top 25. I should just narrow this to the top 10. Um, you know, but really just running backs selected in the top 25 the last 12 years, there's been nine of them and I'm eliminating Travis Etienne because he missed his entire rookie season because he was hurt. They averaged 292 touches. Bijan is going to get absolutely fed the rock. And so from my point of view, going into the season, I'm betting on upside. I'm trying to find league winners. I'm not trying to find a guy who's in a committee who's like, we're not really sure how he's going to utilize. They obviously love this guy, Bijan Robinson. He's highly talented. He is, in my opinion, the best uh, running back prospect since Saquon Barkley, who, again, I will remind you, finished as the RB1 as a rookie. So, I don't know. I'm just going for upside. I'm, I'm, this is the time for optimism. Like I said, maybe I'll start to back off of this a little bit as we get closer to the season, but fuck it. Let's do this. I mean, I have him at seven overall. Heifetz has him at 12. Um, I mean, what's nice is, I mean, obviously, look, he's in the Arthur Smith offense. I, there was some tweet. I forget who put it out. One of the fantasy people out there that I follow on Twitter put it out. <laughs> um, basically saying that if you combined all of the Atlanta running backs last year, they were like a top five back in fantasy football. And that's probably just all going to go to Bajon Robinson now. I mean, so uh, the other guys on the team, Tyler Algier, who was solid rookie last year, Cordell Patterson, who I think is DK's age, and then Caleb Huntley. So there's, there's really, I, I guess the question is DK. Is Bajon Robinson truly going to get basically 98% of the workload? I wouldn't say that much. I would say we'll just rough guess like 70%. I'm sure, I'm sure they're still going to like rotate him a little bit, um, 70 to 80%. But yeah, I, I would doubt that he would get like 98%. I would say more. Also, is this guy, is this guy going to catch passes in this offense? I think so. Um, our buddy Nate Tice has talked about this a lot. Basically, you know, we've, as a fantasy community, as an NFL football community, we constantly talk about this. Like we've talked about it probably way too much, but like positionless football, quote unquote, positionless football. Nate, he he likes to talk about this because it's it, he studies the tape so so much. Arthur Smith is like one of the only co- the only coaches in the NFL that actually plays positionless football in terms of like they have these personnel groups and you can do a little bit of everything with these guys because they're so versatile. Kyle Pitts can be like a de facto receiver. Uh, Drake London, he could come in and play on the inside. He looks almost like a tight end because he's so big. Um, Cordell Patterson was moving receiver and a running back for exactly great. That's a great example. Cordell Patterson, he's all over the place. Um, I actually think Arthur Smith could use Bijan as a de facto running back or a receiver more than 
the typical coach. I'm not saying he's going to be a de facto receiver because we say that a lot. That never actually happens in real life. But he could be lined up all over the formation um, at a higher rate than most other running backs, put it that way. So I'm very excited, um, that point of view. But like to me, honestly, this is more just a question of volume. This is a team that wants to run the ball. They want to run the crap out of the ball. They have a second-year quarterback who they're not going to trust a whole lot. And he's going to just get volume, dude. 292 touches average for the top 25 um, running backs taken in the top 25 over the last 12 years. Almost, we could, I think we can just say as, soon, as long as he's healthy, he's going to get fed the ball. That's like the big thing here. So speaking of running backs in the top 25, the other guy, Jameer Gibbs, the running back at Alabama, he goes to Detroit with the 12th pick, which is kind of funny. So Detroit, just to recap here, Jamal Williams, most lovable player maybe in the entire league last year. Lions let him go, even though he had like the most touchdowns for the Lions since like Barry Sanders. Jamal Williams leaves in free agency. The Lions signed David Montgomery, the running back from the division rival Bears, for like $9 million guaranteed. And then they draft Jameer Gibbs, 12th. So now they've got, and then they trade DeAndre Swift to the Eagles. So now we go from Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift in Detroit to Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. DK, how, you're very bullish on Gibbs. How do, do you yeah. feel like what you were just saying about top 25 running backs first round applies to Gibbs because was he like 30 pounds lighter than Bijan Robinson? Like he's not quite the same. It's like player 15, at all. He's like 15 pounds lighter. I think Bijan measured in at like 215. I double check me on that, but he's not like, yeah, yeah he 15, is. 20, yeah. Bijan's 215. Gibbs is about 200. So it's, it is a difference. It does make a difference. Um, you know, I think it's tough with Bijan or sorry, it's tough with Jameer Gibbs because he is sort of an outlier amongst this group of top 25 running backs um, in the draft. So basically he's on the smaller side of guys that have been drafted this highly in the NFL draft. I'd say his closest comparison and why I'm excited about him and bullish on him is Christian McCaffrey, who is I think 200 pounds or something when he came into the NFL. So he's around the same size. Um, And then stylistically, I think they're going to be utilized in a a similar manner. If you go back to Christian McCaffrey's rookie season, he had 197 touches. So that was not as high as some of these other guys who were getting the rock on the ground a ton. Um, And so I would say that's probably what we could expect from this offense, from the Lions offense. He's not going to get as many touches as, um, you know, the Bijans of the world on the ground. But I think where he's going to make his money is in the passing game. So, of course, I'm very high on him in PPR and half PPR. Because I think he's not a lock, but I would not be surprised, and I, I would probably bet on it that he'll get over 100 targets in the passing game. Um, if you go back and look at DeAndre Swift's averages over the first three seasons in the league, and this is, mind you, a guy that they hate, and they want, they were like trying desperately to get rid of over draft weekend. Swift averaged 121 carries and almost 70 targets per season in his first three years. And that's including a lot of time missed and a lot of time in the doghouse. So I don't know. I'm just looking at Jameer Gibbs and I, and I would bet right now he gets hundred carries and hundred targets this season. So I, I, to me, that's like, this is, this guy's going to be a top 20 running back, like at the floor. You got him ranked 24th overall. You actually had him higher. And then I was like, are you, like, you guys kind of something? like talked me to my senses I a little bit, you. which I, which I appreciate, but honestly top 12 and they, they were talking about how they would take him at six. Like they might've had him ranked literally might've had him ranked over B. John Robinson because they were so excited about what he can do in the passing game. This is, again, a very creative offense. It's a perfect landing spot for Gibbs because um, I think they're going to want to get him involved in the screen game a lot. De- uh, Jared Goff has historically always been very willing to check it down to the running back. Um, if you go back and look at the time when he was with the Rams, like he was constantly giving it to Todd Gurley in the passing game. So this is a quarterback that has a history of doing that. So I'm I'm just very bullish on Jameer Gibbs for that reason. Um, I didn't even come into the draft like, 
that high on him. I just think this is a great landing spot. And the fact that they drafted him 12th says a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think the best argument for this is that like, DeAndre Swift's problem in Detroit from a fantasy perspective was that he just wasn't on the field. It wasn't that he was bad. It was that he just was hurt all the time. But when he played, he was really good. But he got, you know, he only played like 10 games a season, it felt like. So if you could just replicate Swift with Gibbs and maybe he's a little better and they like him a little more, I can see how that's pretty enticing, to be honest. Like, I'm already looking at, I have Gibbs behind the guy like, like Kenneth Walker. And I'm like, eh, maybe I shouldn't now with Gibbs is like receiving uh, <laughs> right. skills. So I want to, I want to get into Ken Walker. That's a really good comparison because Ke- the Seahawks, you guys have Ken Walker. So Ken, I think Ken Walker, when we were doing these rankings was the single hardest player for me to rank. And as we were doing this, I think we had the biggest disagreement maybe on Ken Walker out of any player. I had Ken Walker ranked like, you guys shamed me and I moved them up a little like four but and you guys had them in the top 20. But so just to recap, so the Seahawks, they take Ken Walker in the second round at Michigan State. Then they draft this year, they take Zach Charbonnet at UCLA in the second round. And then you got, you know, Travis Homer leaves for the Chicago, whatever. They also take Kenny McIntosh in the sixth round out of Georgia. Now he's probably replacing maybe Travis Homer to degree. Right, but you right. got two second round running backs. DK, how would you describe what roles do you think they're like Charbonnet and uh Ken Walker both play this year. Yeah. I'm surprised that the assumption that Ken Walker just gets most of this work and that Charbonnet is just kind of like there. Yeah, it's tough. It, it's very tough. Obviously, I don't have, I don't know for sure how they're going to be utilized. My my guess and I suspect that Kenneth Walker is going to be the starter. It's similar to what we saw sort of down uh, in the early part of the season last year where Rashad Penny was their starter. Kenneth Walker kind of came in and was spelling Penny. Penny, of course, only lasted five games. And then from there, it was wheels up for, for Kenneth Walker going forward. And so um, my my guess is, and I personally believe, Kenneth Walker is a vastly superior talent to uh, Charbonnet. Why Why do you think he's vast? Why do you think Ken Walker is vastly superior to Charbonnet? Have you watched Ken Walker? He's fucking incredible. <laughs> way more explosive, way more uh, dynamic in terms of tackle breaking, and the numbers all bear that out. I think the one worry that you have with Kenneth Walker is... Um, he's a very boomer bust type player, kind of like the Saquon Barkley style player where he gets hit at or behind the line of scrimmage or, you know, the success rate's not very high, um, but he's just so good at turning nothing into something and turning it into explosive play. I think that's very important. So um, I just personally, just watching tape and how I'd grade these guys, Kenneth Walker is a like ludicrously way more talented than Charbonnet. However, Charbonnet could work his way onto the field just because he's like, a lunch pail guy who's going to get the hard yards. who's not going to dance around. Who's going to like, you know, dive forward, have a higher success rate, and maybe he'll earn his his um, looks that way. And he also has the chance to be a better little pass catcher. And so that could be another way he works his way onto the field. But to me, Kenneth Walker, starter, Charbonnet, sort of the 1B slash backup. And then, yeah, like McIntosh is going to be a third down guy because he's a really good pass catcher. This is like the worst case scenario for a, a Kenneth Walker fan. It's not ideal. Fan. It's not ideal. You know what I mean? I definitely yeah. ranked him with my heart, not my brain, because I want him to be great because i think you know when you see those home run runs from him mm-hmm. you're like man he like runs differently than anybody i've ever seen he has like a weird gait to him yes. i don't know he like almost skips or something it looks but, like he's on an elliptical yeah <laughs> he, he, he's got a weird he has a very like sort of wonky gait which is why i think people were so shocked when he ran a four three something because it was like he just guy just kind of runs weird i think so my point of view it's it's important to go back and and look at guys to get an idea of what they were like in college. And I had this experience, like when I was scouting the draft, like I went back and I was watching Jaden Reed, who was a Michigan state receiver. 
and watching the 2021 tape, I was like, holy shit, Kenneth Walker is fucking insanely good. Like he was their offense. He was so good. And then you go and you watch Charbonnet and you're like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Like he's solid. He's a downhill runner. He's got a little juice, but nowhere, not even remotely in the same stratosphere as Kenneth Walker, in my opinion. And what we saw from Kenneth Walker as a rookie was astounding, like mostly good. Obviously the success rate argument I get, but he's so good at turning plays into explosive plays that to me that like way outweighs any issue that you have with success rate. So as of right now, unless we hear something different, I think Kenneth Walker is still a starter. They just needed depth because they let Rashad Penny go. They let Travis Homer go. They wanted to get in a guy and they, they've always done this. They always like having two guys. They've drafted more running backs in the like in the top 100 than any other team in the last 10 years. This is just what they do. They want to have depth. They want to have guys in there. Kenneth Walker, he got hurt as a rookie. They want to have guys that can come in and be really good. So to me, that's why they picked Charbonnet. It's not to replace Kenneth Walker. It's just the depth thing. Yeah, I think you nailed it when you said that Ken Walker is like kind of like home run. It's like he's going, he's three true outcome baseball player. It's like home runs, walks, and strikeouts. And Charbonnet's more just like he's just hitting doubles. Right. Exactly. The yeah. Other running backs here that notable, I mean, probably the guy that we're probably going to be the most obsessed with, not the best, but the most obsessed with going into the season. Devon A. Chain, the A train, running back, going to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are just the America was built on speed, hot, nasty, badass speed, Eleanor <laughs> Roosevelt. The vibrations! <laughs> I can't wait to watch this offense, dude. Do it, DK. Give me, give me a vibrations. I love when those cars go by. <laughs> Is, what happens? Like, I feel like three of the last seven days, DK's done that from his office in his house. Like, is, yeah. is, what is Skippy thinking? Is she like, what's going on up there? I had that in the back of my mind when I just did that. I, if you're, if Calvin ever like just starts doing that, he's like, the vibrations, like that would just kind of be like the best moment in the history of the pod. So, Dolphins have like three of the top seven fastest players in the NFL. Can I ask one question about Devon A. Chain? This sums up everything, I think. Yeah. Is he going to be a gimmick or a real player? My personal... So I'm going to sit fence sit here, Craig. Okay. Both. He's a, he's a real player. However, this is a Kyle Shanahan-derived offense. And so, therefore, the running I'm backs out. are going to be annoyed. They're, we're going to be annoyed. Hold on, hold on. We need to draw a separation line right here. Separating line. When we say Shanahan offense, I think we always say, among many things, it's... A Shanahan offense can create running backs into freaking stars right? if they just do the system as coached. Like, that's where you get Clinton Portis and Terrell Davis and all these six-rounders. Steve Slayton, who can just rip off Alfred Moore's 1,600 season. Exactly. Just yeah. because they just do what the coaches tell them. But then there's also just the Kyle Shanahan, who seems to be the cursed genius who the moment that he gets sick of someone, you're like, you're out! You're out! Yeah. And so... I don't think Mike McDaniel is going to get my, my, they drafted a chain for Mike McDaniel because they, Chris Greer, the GM was like, yeah, Mike McDaniel was really into this guy. Yeah. Believe me. I want that to be true. Heifetz like with my whole heart. And I've, my, I've basically staked my reputation on that. <laughs> like I want him to really like love a chain and give him the rock a lot. However, they did resign <laughs> Jeff Wilson. Raheem Mostert is still there. Like, in the past, it's just been That's frustrating. That's a good point. They're old and hurt, though. That's like a better point. They just kept all their old injured players, and this is the only young guy they have that they brought in. I mean, I'll I'll put it this way: I he's not a gimmick player, Craig. However, I'm a little worried about the overall volume. Yeah, like well, well, if you had to guess, like how many touches? Let's say Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert are healthy, which you know, me, how many touches yeah. a game is Devon A. Chain going to get? Like that, six? Let's see. Nah, like yeah, I would say 
10 to 12, 10 to 13 touches a game. How about oh, that? Okay. That's a little higher than I thought. That's flexible. So, because I would say like he'd probably get like three to four targets at least plus seven to eight carries, um, give or take a few. And then I don't know, add in, that doesn't add up to 13, does it? But like close <laughs> enough, like something like that. Okay. I mean, I'm just yeah, trying to pull up the Dolphins stats last year. Um, well, we've got H chain. Uh, We've got him overall. I'm actually the highest on him, which I'm very proud to be. We've got him like 110, 120. These rankings, though, like the non-Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson running back rankings are so early on. Like it's going to be so like these are definitely going to change based on like what we hear at a camp. The reality is you're going to draft a chain because there's a certain type of player where it's like the likelihood of one Schefter tweet where it's like Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert has a groin injury and will miss one month. And you're like, oh, okay, now I would pay anything to have Devon A. Chain on my team. That's fair. So last year, Raheem Mostert, 181 carries. Jeff Wilson, 84 carries. I could see A. Chain getting 150 plus carries and that would be, you know, around eight to nine a game. Yeah, Austin here, just put in the chat that Mostert averaged about 13 touches a game, Wilson 12, and Chase Edmonds about six. So I could could see... 13 touches a game. Okay. And I'd be excited about it because to me, he's he's in a different stratosphere than most are because they're both extremely fast. But I think A-Chain is more dynamic in terms of tackle breaking, um, vision, and all that stuff. Obviously, they're both home run hitters. But I just think A-Chain is a better player, better prospect. And so, of course, I'm very bullish on A-Chain because I he's been like legit my favorite player throughout this draft process. He's just so fun to watch. Um but yes, of course, this has always been the question, like, what is the volume going to be based on what you're hearing from what they said after the draft? Pretty excited about what they could do because they were apparently very in love with this guy. They took him, you know, relatively high. I think that he was their second pick because uh, they didn't have a first rounder because of the Tom Brady thing. So, yeah. Next up here, we got Kendry Miller running back from the Saints. He goes to a team where, I mean, Alvin Kamara is obviously the starter, but he's also possibly going to get suspended this year for an incident that happened in Las Vegas. The Saints also signed Jamal Williams. So they got Jamal Williams, Kamara, and Kendrick Miller. You have Tajay Spears going to the Titans. Kai, our producer, went to TCU and watched them <laughs> lose like 60 to nothing in the championship. Um, go Why Kendrick you got to add that? Just Jeez, say he, man. He, he, he I just think it's funny. Mean, man. They freaking made it to the national inside. championship it's game. It's just, I'm just jealous and a hater. Anyway, Tajay Spears, uh, he went to the Tennessee Titans. They obviously have Derrick Henry. Tajay Spears also has like no ACL. I don't know if it's a Dewan Blair situation, but apparently he has just like, full literally? blown arthritis, which is helps the ACL. I don't know how that works, but excuse he me, will have a short career. I, I, dude, I know <laughs> full it's, thickness cartilage cartilage loss. You know the you know the guy, that guy, like the white dude, the blonde hair guy who is like the blink, like what the blink. The fuck? Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> when you said he has no ACLs, I just was like, what was so, that? So put it this way: the Seahawks. Someone, so this Pete Carroll or someone said. Um, that there are some teams who have taken players that we don't even have on our board for medical reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's not third round's not over. I kind of think they were probably talking about Tajay Spears because he doesn't have an ACL or cartilage. But anyway, he's like, I guess the, the Titans took him in the third round. And then uh, the Rams, Zach Evans, sixth rounder, uh, went to Los Angeles, but it's just Cam Akers and Zach Evans. I kind of like, I like that one. Of all the late rounders, Zach Evans to me is one of the most interesting ones because he was... And Kai, you can talk. You could talk about him. He w- he was on TCU prior to transferring to Ole Miss, and then uh, Kendra Miller kind of took his job a little bit, or they were splitting. And then uh, he was Evans was like, "All right, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go go somewhere else." But he's very explosive. Former five star guy, I think, or four star. 
um, sort of a big prospect in out of high school, explosive guy. He's not like shifty behind the line of scrimmage, but he he's explosive in space. And like, if you get him a, like a little bit of a runway, he can really hit home runs. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens with him. And, you know, obviously with Akers, his history of injuries and utilization and just the relationship with the front office. Like, I just don't know if I trust that. So can you believe that out of all running backs in the league, the, the one who c- kind of went unscathed through the draft process is Cam Akers' role? Like you know what Cam Akers is like? Cam Akers is George Costanza when he's trying to get fired and he keeps getting promoted. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he's just like, I, I'm going to retire. They're like, you know what? You're going to start. Like, they're like, I like you. You got guts. I want to trade. You know what? We're not even going to replace you. Fuck you, Sean McVay. Sean McVay's like, I like that. I'm looking at the Rams depth chart on our lads. So it is. So the green players, if, you, if you're looking at this, there's highlighted green players. Those, those are, there's, there's, they highlight the rookies with green. This is the greenest roster I've ever seen in my life. They probably added like 40 guys in this draft based on like their draft and undrafted free agents. Their entire special teams unit is rookies. It's all green. And then probably like 60% of their defense. The Rams are rebuilding, but if they do a total rebuild, Sean McVay will retire. So they're just going to like, they're sacrificing defense and special teams at the altar of just giving Matt Stafford and Cooper (laughs) Cup like someone to like McVay to like just not get bored and leave over. So it's like they're it's like a it's like a they're quiet quitting, but they're quiet rebuilding, and they're trying to see if McVeigh won't find out. I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, they're they're threading that needle. They're really yeah, it's tough. So all these guys here at running back are behind studs, right? Tajay Spears is behind Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Kendra Miller's like behind Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams pending Kamara suspension in New Orleans. You got Roshan Johnson is behind, I guess, Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert in Chicago. You got Tank Bigsby's behind ETN and Jacksonville. And now Zach Evans behind Cam Akers. Who do we think is the guy who's going to break through and be fantasy relevant? If you had to pick one. I think Roshan Johnson is a guy that like might not be on someone's roster or like will get cut in September. But then in like Deontay Foreman's ahead of him and Khalil Herbert. But I kind of think Roshan even though he's a rookie, might actually get like passing down work because he can right. like, block and stuff. I actually think Roshan Johnson is the guy that might be like the midseason waiver ad that just is like a top 10 running back down the stretch. What do you think, DK? Yeah, that's a that's a very good one. He's definitely worth like a late round flyer, I think, just because the reason they drafted him is uh, pass pro, special teams, passing game work. He's a former quarterback, so he like understands how protections work and all this shit. Like he's, he's a big very guy, good right? And, he's like six yeah, foot two, like, twenty. Yeah, he's he's probably one of the bigger backs in this class. Um, and by the way, off the top of my head, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe he broke more tackles per carry than Bijan did. This guy is absolutely a beast in the running game. He's not as explosive. He's not uh, he's not going to ever hit a home run, which is why I compared him to Chris Carson. He's just like but a But top big of your physical. head, DK, how many guys big enough like Roshan Johnson to get goal line work are also savvy enough as rookies to block on passing downs and also catch like the idea of him being able to catch and get goal line work off the jump. I feel like just doesn't happen very often. It's very rare, uh, especially with um, colleges don't really spend a lot of time on pass pro. They just don't like, it's not a big part of their, their practice plan. And so these guys, almost everyone to a man comes into the league, just needing work in pass pro. It's not something that they do a ton. So um, that could be like the sneaky little advantage he gets to get on the field. And by the way, Khalil Herbert, atrocious in the passing game. Like he was really, really bad last year as a pass catcher, as a pass blocker. Um, so he he was uh, 
purely an early down guy, like a runner. They're not going to trust him in the passing game, most likely, unless he's really developed there this offseason. Um, so, yeah, he basically, I think, has to beat out. If I had to guess, it would probably be like Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman sort of on early downs. And then Roshan comes in on passing downs and maybe in the goal line, like you said, like that would be sweet. Although that's a bit of a projection because both Herbert and uh, Deontay Foreman are still there. They might get the goal line work. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, quarterback. Honestly, the rookie quarterbacks this year, I feel like you're not going to have, you know, Will Levis probably not going to be in your team. Even Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, it's like if you're in a one quarterback, if you're in a two quarterback league, you'll have them. If you're in a one quarterback league, you're probably not having a ton of Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. But yeah. let's just say, look, if he's going to get benched, he's going to get benched. But let's say for a moment that Anthony Richardson, the most athletic quarterback prospect ever from Florida who went to the Indianapolis Colts with the fourth pick. Let's just say for the purpose of this exercise, that Shane Steichen, the head coach at Indianapolis comes out and says on August 1st, uh, Anthony Richardson is going to start in week one. And he's already implied that he will play the season. Where DK would you take Anthony Richardson if he's starting in week one? I have him ranked as my QB 13. So like right outside that starter range, right outside the top guys. And if we hear that he's going to be the starter, like, honestly, I don't know, like QB seven or eight or something like that, because it, it, he could legitimately suck at passing and still finish as a top 12 quarterback because he's because of his running, because of the offense, I believe that they're going to run with him where he's going to be basically like Cam Newton. He's going to score a ton of rushing touchdowns because in the in and near the end zone, he's going to be used on read option keepers, things like that. Power runs, probably. Um and so just his rushing floor gives him a higher upside than the, you know, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tua's, the Derek Carrs of the world, the Russell Wilson's of the world. Like, I'd way rather have Anthony Richardson than one of those guys, Jared Goff. How would you compare his, his running ability to, say, Justin Fields? I think it's pretty similar. He's more, he's bigger and more powerful, I'd say. So he's on the spectrum of like running quarterbacks, he's closer to like a cam, but he's actually just as fast as Justin Fields. And Justin Fields quietly had the second most rushing yards for quarterback ever last season. I'm just looking at it. Justin Fields finished as the QB 10 last year. Yeah, but I bet he was, points per game, he was much higher. He was the QB six in points per game. Right. The, the, we're in this weird new era where you can just not be a good quarterback and be like extremely good at fantasy football. It's right. almost like the rules of fantasy football are dumb and we should change them because it was never <laughs> intended to be this way. And whatever. Um, we don't have to get into that. QB, QB six because of his running ability. Like we could all agree he was not very good at passing the football last year. I'm guessing that's probably what we're going to see from Anthony Richardson this year. We, that's what we saw from uh, Jalen Hurts his first year. Just sketchy passing. 
But even Jalen Hurts three years ago was averaging, he literally didn't have less than 20 fantasy points in a game for like, till like his 10th start or something. And it's worth noting that Shane Steichen is now the offensive coordinator. Like the guy who coordinated the Eagles offense last year is now running the Colts offense. So I'm part of me thinks, I, I think that let's, let's just say the elephant in the room here. A lot of people listening here are probably going to get Trey Lance PTSD. Like there's going to be some <laughs> real, I was already told right. about this running guy in, a, in this offense, but Anthony Richardson, if he's going to play, they kind of can't have him play if he's not going to run a lot. And so in a weird way, even though Anthony Richardson could have a very low floor as a player in real life, his floor as a quarterback seems like really, really, really high. So I agree, right. DK. I actually think he's totally like take him in the top 110, 120 picks, stash him just like Fields last year where he ended up being worth it's it. It's worth the upside. Yeah, like maybe he won't end up being. It's like, fine, you're not going to burn an early pick on him. Um, and, and I will say like, Comparing him to Lance, it makes sense. However, he's a way better athlete than Trey Lance is. He's just way more dynamic, way more elusive, bigger, power, more powerful. Um, like, again, we've never seen a guy like this. We've never seen a quarterback. He's literally the most athletic quarterback ever that's ever been tested at the Combine. And so, hmm. um, to me, that's worth betting on. And again, like, maybe this is me again. Just It's May, and, and I'm way too optimistic. But, like, these are the types of players that win you leagues. He's not, he, he obviously might end up playing like five or six games or whatever because he gets hurt or because they don't start him. And then so what? He's just not part of your team. But he also could be like Lamar where he rushes for over a thousand yards and it wouldn't be that shocking because that's the way they use him. I mean, Justin Fields rushed for like 1,200 yards last year. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I think it's worth it. Or 1,100 yards. But to me, the upside is worth going for. These are the types of players that win you your league, uh, win you weeks and win you your league. Mm. Yeah, Austin just sent us a note that said the most fantasy points by rookie quarterback in the 21st century is Cam Newton, Justin Herbert, Robert Griffin, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, James Winston. I'm not going to lie, gun in my head. I actually think Richardson cracks that list. So we shall see. Want to get to the receivers. Four receivers went the first round back to back to back to back. So we got Jackson Smith and Jigba went to the Seahawks. We got uh, Quentin Johnson went to, I almost said to TCU. Quentin Johnson, he did go to TCU, but he went to the Chargers. Zay Flowers went to the Ravens and we got... Um, Jordan Addison went to the Vikings. DK, just for this year, just for this season, which of these guys would you take first? Ooh, good question. So I think I would lean Jackson Smith and Jigba for the Seahawks, slightly over Jordan Addison. So I'm looking at this list, like pretty much everybody, well, Smith and Jigba, Addison, and Quentin Johnston are all ostensibly the third option in their offense. Smith and Jigba is behind DK and Lockett. Jordan Addison is behind Justin Jefferson and I suppose Hawkinson, although that's maybe an assumption that I, that might not be true. Um, and then Quinn Johnson is behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So I think like realistically, both all, all three of those guys are like the number three receiver in their offense. So I'm not super excited, but... Who is the best odds to become the number two? I think it's easily Jordan Addison. I think that TJ Hawkinson, again, I'm not to go back to the play and twist the knife on Vikings fans, but I think that honestly it's representative and they actually would agree. A lot of Vikings fans would agree. The reason that the Vikings season ended with Kirk Cousins checking down was because Jefferson was Josh Jefferson was double covered. And the Vikings traded for TJ Hawkinson because they had nobody else who could run after the catch in the receiver or tight end room. Nobody else who could just get open. And yeah. that's why Hawkinson was such a good tight end down the stretch. I think Jordan Addison is the guy who steps into that role because Adam Thielen, love him to death, is dust. And that Addison is kind of like the skill sets are complementary where Justin Jefferson's this alien player and Addison is kind of the guy who can kind of just like vacuum up everything happening underneath Justin Jefferson. I think Jordan Addison's like the perfect player and the kind of rookie that I actually think 
not can explode and be some like top five guy, but I think Jordan Addison just feels like the safest of these guys, but also has a really high ceiling uh, year one. We have them ranked very similar. We have Jackson Smith and Jigba like 91st and then Addison 93rd. Quentin Johnson and Zay Flowers, I'm not as optimistic about. Zay Flowers is like, there's like four different variables with the Ravens right. where they have a new offense. They have freaking Odell Beckham. They have Rashad Bateman coming back. They're Todd Monken's the new offensive coordinator who's done a lot of passing, but like Harbaugh's still the coach. So we just don't know what they're going to do exactly. And then it's a rookie receiver within that. So that just seems like a tough situation to yeah. emerge from. You need There's a lot of ifs in that that you just kind of don't need with Addison or, and Jigba. Yeah, you can't sell me on a Ravens wide receiver. I need to see it first for like weeks over weeks before I buy in. One last note on here. So it's funny because I'm looking at our rankings and almost all of us have Addison and Smith and Jigba like right next to each other. It's I've got them like one apart. Heifetz, I think, has them one apart. So it, yeah, it's it's tough to make that choice, but those to me are the two clear top guys. If you had to pick DK one receiver out that did not go in the first round to make a huge impact this season, who would it be? Yeah, tough one. Um, I'm gonna go between Marvin Mims and Jaden Reed. I guess. Am I missing anybody like obvious here? I don't think there is anyone obvious because I think this yeah. was a really weird draft, and I think a lot of teams had very different opinions on these guys. Right, and that was reflected in the order they went. So Marvin Mims who for the Broncos. To, yeah. Sean Payton's first receiver pick that he got to pick on the team. And they traded up for him. So it feels as if they're, they have some conviction on him, obviously. Um, he's been very productive everywhere he's gone in terms of high school, college. Like he's not had off here since he was like 14 years old or something. So um, I don't know. To me, he's just a good fit with Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson, and this is a whole discussion for this offseason. I think Russell Wilson will be better this year, like period. I think the offense that they're going to install where they're getting back to the roots of what Russell Wilson is really good at, which is run it heavy slash balance offense with lots of play action, lots of deep shots, highly efficient, but not a lot of, not a ton of volume. Like to me, Marvin Mims fits that perfectly. He can line up in the slot. He can line up at Z, just take the lid off the defense. They're going to have Judy kind of, you know, I think probably ending up getting most of the volume. Tim Patrick is like a big possession receiver. And then I think Mims could be that third guy in theory. I don't know what Cortland Sutton's thing is. And, And obviously we need to let, things sort of settle here with like, they may still trade Sutton. They may still trade Judy. There's been a lot of rumors of that. So, um, but like Mims could sneakily kind of get in there. And then Jaden Reed, he's just a second round pick. They obviously liked him a lot. The Packers did. Um, He's going to be competing in a wide open group of receivers. That's like the main thing here. It's like the totem or or like the pecking order for that offense is like pretty unknown at this point. Like Christian Watson, I suppose is the top guy there. Um, but I think Jaden Reed could be sort of a sneaky one too. Yeah, right? Like you got to look at these receiving rooms like, you know, w- which spot is easier for a player to just rise up the ranks? Like where's the competition to finish? It's obviously not in, you know, the Chargers, you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams ahead of Quentin Johnson. They could get hurt. That's very likely. But like, you know, you look at uh, somebody like Jonathan Mingo on Carolina. Like he's going up against Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and Terrace Marshall are the three wide receivers in Carolina. Like if Jonathan Mingo is half decent, like he's probably going to play. Same with Jaden Reed on Green Bay going up against Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, and Samari Toure. Um, I mean, even Jalen Hyatt on your Giants, Hyfe. It's like the Giants wide receiving room is in the most insane wide receiving room I've ever seen. They have like seven guys who are all (laughs) the same who are all kind of like dudes who have been in the league and been productive but also haven't really hit the ceiling people thought they would hit you have like paris campbell you have darius slayton wandell robinson isaiah hodgins sterling shepherd jameson crowder 
if Jalen Hyatt is just an actual real talent, and he is, right? That guy's a Bolitnikoff winner. I mean, he, he could just slide in above all of them immediately, right? If he's just better than all of these guys who have had years, who have had years in the NFL to kind of like show if they have it and they haven't yet, couldn't Jalen Hyatt just be the number one guy there? Everyone keeps saying they don't know what the plan is for the Giants. And I keep telling you that they know exactly what they're doing. They have six slot receivers so that the two, three of them can stand <laughs> on each other's shoulders on each side. And then that's two slot receivers and they just wear a trench coat. I that's think you're doing hockey happen. shifts, which I actually love. Every, <laughs> every, I, every drive is just a new shift of four wide receivers. But to your point, Craig, though, I completely agree. And like, let's just make up a hypothetical here. Um, let's say hypothetically we were doing like a dynasty rookie draft and we were talking about some of these guys and hypothetically it was with Craig, DK and I and all of DK's friends. And I was on the clock <laughs> and I was between like right now, someone just picked and now I'm on the clock and we were between, I don't know, Jaden Reed, the Packers receiver. Are you literally on the Downs clock the right Colts. now? You're uh, on the clock hypothetical. right now. God no, it's a hypothetical. It. <laughs> I'm not helping like, you know, with this. What do you think about Jaden Reed versus uh, Josh Downs, DK? Josh I'm Downs. Not, the, I'm not, you know, I refuse to answer that. I refuse to answer that. It's a hypothetical. It's a fantasy football podcast. You like really um, have to answer. <laughs> Josh Downs versus Jaden Reed. Why don't I pull up my ranks here? And by the way, we're gonna we're gonna go run through my ranks real quickly, just at the end for people that are doing uh, rookie dynasty drafts in this next week. Obviously, I'm gonna post these at the site next week, but just for people doing that, Hyphens, I literally have Jaden Reed and Josh Downs next to each other at 19 and 20. <laughs> Um, I've got Jane Reed one higher than Josh Downs. Josh Downs, I think his slight limitation is he's a slot only type player. That might be end that might end up being good in PPR, honestly. But you got a rookie quarterback um in Anthony Richardson. There's some like unsureness, like in terms of like the unsureness. There's some ambiguity uncertainty. In terms of- uncertainty in terms of what the offense is going to look like. And <laughs> DK, the, I, I finally figured out the more DK learns about a draft class. The fewer words he like, he kicks words out of his vocabulary. <laughs> There's only so much room in there, yeah. man. DK uh, has a lot of words in like zero sum game in there. Yeah, <laughs> when DK doesn't know much about a class in like October. He has all these words, uh, and by the end, when he knows everything, he's, like, he's got like twelve words. He's God damn it. Heifetz is getting on me a lot about my memory these days. Um, the man has a child. Heifetz. I'm losing my marbles. Heifetz. Um, honestly, if you compare my memory without a child versus DK's with, it's I'm definitely behind. <laughs> Mine's. I should be a lot better than where I'm at. The slight difference is, number one, Jaden Reed was drafted higher. That's obviously usually a good thing. Um, and he goes into an offense with Jordan Love, who is going into his... Is it his fourth year or fifth year now? Fourth year? Fourth? Uh, it's uh, yeah. Head and Hooker minus like four months or something. Whatever yeah. that year is. He's, he's still only like 22 years old. but um, I feel like the answer is Jaden Reed, right? Yeah, Jaden Reed would be who I take there just slightly. So, But don't do that because I was hoping he would fall to me. Uh, okay. Hypothetically. Yeah, in, yeah, in theory. None of that was real. Tight ends. Uh, let's be real. So tight ends just don't perform as rookies. I mean, even Kyle Pitts, who was like, you know, yelled, brought down from the mountaintop as the greatest tight end prospect of all time. I mean, if you just look at a thousand yards with like, yeah, I know, but like, it was still disappointing because <laughs> you'd get him in like the 35th pick to get those thousand. And he, yards. Had, he had one touchdown or something, right? Two touchdowns that year. Yeah. He had, it he had was a great, great game, season, though. but <laughs> he finished dead, dead last. Yeah. <laughs> dead last. Anyway, in a world where somehow Mike Ditka still has the second most yards for a rookie tight end ever. And, and wasn't that I, in 14 been, games? Yes. Yeah, Mike Ditka's a legend. He invented yeah. the modern tight end. Shout out Mike Ditka. Uh, yeah, Austin just sent us the... I knew it. Evan Ingram has the second best... For, Evan Ingram and Jeremy Shockey have the second most rookie points for a fantasy tight end ever. So in this group, we all this is a very deep tight end class. However, do we really think any of these guys are going to be great as rookies? Like, because we're really just talking Dalton Kincaid for the Bills, who's more of a receiver than a tight end. 
but he also didn't do any athletic stuff this offseason and had back surgery. Right. Or a back issue kept him out of the combine. And then we got Michael Mayer who went to the Raiders. Like, DK, are you actually going to draft any of these rookie tight ends or can we ignore them for this season? Also, let's Uh, note that Dawson Knox is still on the Bills at tight end. And the Raiders, which I don't think a lot of people know this if they weren't tapped in, the Raiders have Austin Hooper, my nemesis, and they have O.J. Howard as well as Michael Mayer. (laughs) O.J. Howard, another first-round tight end that did nothing. I mean, I think... I think Kincaid is worth taking a flyer on. I'm not necessarily, we're not pumping him up like we did last year with, with Kyle or two years ago with Kyle Pitts. I think Kincaid, number one, the bills traded up to get him. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him, like replacing Cole Beasley. So that slot presence, like high volume, potentially in this offense, there is no established number two in this offense. Like we got Gabe, Dave, we got Khalil Shakur who hasn't done really anything. Gabe, Dave has been disappointing. He kind of plays his role um, outside of Stefan Diggs. Who am I, am I missing anybody here? Like obviously, there's a chance that he ends up being the number two receiver in the team. I think, I think could, that's why they drafted him. Cause you're like, am I missing anyone? No, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, I'm taking a risk on Kincaid, but you don't have to draft him high anyway. So it's not really that big of a risk. Um, so yes, I am drafting some tight ends and, and look, he could, he could have a similar season to what Evan Ingram had a couple of years ago. Uh, when Having he was said a that, we're talking about outside the hop 120 picks. We're talking right. about like backup tight end. So Evan Ingram, he was the tight end six as a rookie. So you know, in, in a in a position group bereft of anything exciting. Yeah, I'm taking Kincaid. <laughs> I'm going for it. And, you know, OJ Howard and Austin Hooper are both signed to one-year cheap deals. So perhaps for Michael Mayer, that means that he will still be kind of getting the lion's share of the workload to start the season. Yeah. And Mayer, and the thing about Mayer is um, Jimmy G likes to pass over the middle of the field. Like, that's like his bread and butter area. Two and handsome so, guys, too, you know? Like, yeah, they might become the buddies handsome connection. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, going out at night together, hitting the clubs. I can see it. Dude, freaking Michael Mayer is going to go from Catholic school in Notre Dame to going out in Vegas with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, what's his, that guy's culture shock. rude awakening. Yeah, man. Holy cow. Uh, porn stars uh, as your date. Stuff's really going to change for Michael. I, I actually think that throughout this offseason, Jimmy Garoppolo being the Raiders starting quarterback in Las Vegas has actually been underplayed. Like this is kind of, what is Jimmy G's life like on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> what is he doing? I'd love to know. I would love to know. I mean, he's the most, is, is he the most important athlete or the most famous athlete in Las Vegas sports history? A hundred percent. I mean, I guess Devonte Adams, I mean, I, but like, I still think Jimmy G's, more famous. I think no. Jimmy G is more famous. Devontae Adams okay, is more famous. This is always the question. DK, how many people who know who Devontae Adams is do not know how Jimmy Garoppolo is versus the other way around? Here's would, what I'll say. I don't know. That's tough. I would guess Here's Devontae Adams say. is more famous. Anecdotal evidence right here. My fiance, Elizabeth Kelly, who works at The Ringer, she knows who Jimmy Garoppolo is. She does not know who Devontae Adams is. <laughs> Jimmy G gets the uh, the woman vote on this one because there's a lot of women yes. who probably know who he is because he's so hot. Okay, I get it. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Devontae uh, Adams is that guy who is in the has the Taco Bell in his house in that commercial who played with Aaron Rodgers. Even By that, way, no, nobody knows that. We were watching the draft this weekend with Van Lathan, who reminded us that he was one of the people that quote unquote, like broke the news that Jimmy G had gone on a date with that porn star. (laughs) (laughs) So just, yeah, love that. Should we get Van Lathan on the show to talk to us about what Jimmy G's up to in Vegas? We should. Uh, should. I I would love to do a Vegas night story, a Vegas athlete (laughs) story about Jimmy G. We'll get, we'll get Dennis Rodman on. (laughs) (laughs) Just do a round table. Okay. Wait, there's one other tight end who I think is interesting. And it's Sam Laporta. 
mm-hmm. for the Lions. This man, there, there's actually not a lot going on in the Detroit receiving room. They have a Monroe <laughs> Brown who's great. They have yeah. Jamison Williams who is suspended. Who the, the Lions we didn't might even just talk straight about up this. hate. <laughs> yeah, they might they might have regret with that pick already. To, to be clear, Jamison Williams not gambling on football, gambled at the facility on a different sport. Which r- ridiculous that that's that that is worthy of a suspension that he can't. My gamble hottest on take other is sports. it's actually a good idea, but still ridiculous. Uh, they also so they have a Monroe St. Brown who's great. Jamison Williams is suspended. They have Marvin Jones, who I the man is just turning back the clock every year. I, I can't believe he's still in the league. And honestly, that's kind of it. Their tight ends, other than Sam Laporta, are Brock Wright and Shane Zilstra. So <laughs> tell me right now why Sam Laporta isn't just immediately going to be the number two receiver on this team. And Jameer Gibbs obviously will catch a lot of passes. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to catch the first amount of targets. Okay. I think it's going to be the first Gibbs, amount of targets. The, 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 the most amount. The one amount. Uh, DeAndre, or sorry, not DeAndre. DK might be having a stroke for 50 minutes straight. (laughs) Jameer Gibbs, number two. And then honestly, we could see Laporta be the third guy. Last year, Craig, do you know who the third, who ranked third on the team last year in targets on the Lions? Khalif Raymond. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) fucker. Yeah, I'm locked Um, in. (laughs) um, But yes, Khalif Raymond was number three on the team in targets last year. And I, I could see Laporta being that guy this year. So, uh, I think, yeah, he's kind of interesting, honestly. I think the sad answer is the Lions fix their defense, so it's not like they're just throwing all the time anymore. Honestly, it was like a, it's going to be like a big TBT to win the Lions. It's, the Lions going to like win games. They, they and ranked, run. The Lions ranked 11th in the NFL in pass attempts last year per game. And that was with the 32nd ranked defense. So when they don't have the worst defense in the NFL, they're going to they're gonna run a lot more. And, and Solak calls Sam Laporta mini Goddard. Ooh, like that. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to Sam he's, Laporta. He's got a little kittle in him. Like, he's really good after the catch. He breaks a ton of tackles. I think I'm in on Laporta. I think it's Laporta season. Is Laporta mean, does that mean the door in French? I'm going to look that up. This was like when we Googled ETN, or my girlfriend told me that ETN in French is just Steven. I'm like, oh, where would we take <laughs> Travis Steven in a draft? I don't even know. Laporta translation. Yeah, uh, it the means door. the door. That's Sam sick. the door. I like that. The door. That's actually <laughs> awesome. The door. Uh, the door. I, we need to, for every tight end, we need to ferment, take this conversation, ferment it a couple of years and just open the bottle back up in like two years when everyone's out on that guy and thinks he's a bust. And you're like, okay, That's actually now, really now. funny. We, we turn fantasy conversations into wine and you see how they age. That's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> then, uh, it's like, oh, this bottle of Aaron Hernandez has aged horrifically. And it's like, oh, this bottle of, you know, Dak Prescott. Tajay Spears, no ACL, <laughs> no cartilage. It's like milk. Let's write that one down. Okay. It's a cheap cab you get at the bottom sh- on the bottom shelf. Austin just shared a different explanation. Uh, Laporta in English, or from French to English, means carried her. <laughs> like okay. port- portage, what? carried her. Uh, I can see that. I think it means either the door or he carried her. You're going to carry my team. Yeah, he's going to carry the, t- put the team on the back. I like that. Also, huh. like Hawkinson got a lot of, got a lot of run, like on the Lions. He, he was second in target share last year for them. I mean, we're talking about a rookie tight end here that you're going to draft in the 16th round. I feel like yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. True. it's yeah, decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not high stakes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. All right. We got an email from Raheel. 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 I'm surprised you guys didn't bring up that the Patriots drafted a receiver named Booty. And not only is his name Keishon Booty, but that this, of all the players, Booty was uh, reportedly involved in, a, in an orgy with LSU personnel. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> well... <laughs> 
There is a reason. I suppose that could be related to the reason. He originally was going to go back to LSU, and then he changed his mind, ended up declaring for the draft. He went in the sixth round to the Patriots. I don't know. To me, he's one of the more interesting guys in in this rookie receiver class because if you went back to, at this time, last, uh, like, say, September, last year before the season started, or August, he was a lot of people had him as the wide receiver one in this class. Like, he was the top guy. His first two years at LSU were ridiculous. He had like one game as a freshman that was like 300 something yards. You know, he's a big time recruit. He's explosive. He has a track background and then he got hurt. He had an ankle injury. I want to say he had like a high ankle or something and he had to get a procedure on it. It didn't work or maybe it was a foot injury. Um, And he had to get surgery again. And then he just like fell off the map this year. He was terrible. They had a new coach. They had a new quarterback. He had some issues that like very clearly on tape, like he just was not giving 100% effort. And it was just like, he, everything went wrong for him. Fell to the sixth round. That being said, like he still has that background and that talent um, to be very interesting here in in New England where there's not a lot of, again, he's, there's not pressure for him to do anything because he's a sixth round pick. Question. Why was it reported that he had an orgy? Whose business is that but his own? <laughs> it was a whole thing. There were staffers and it was a... Uh, oh, like it, it was with employed. LSU staffers? Yes. It was, uh, yeah, really, they're the ones who got fired. I'm just Googling Keishon Booty orgy now. I'll be careful. That is, is that a work computer? Also, I mean, I obviously know that you, it, it's frowned upon to have orgies with your coworkers, but is it, is it illegal? <laughs> careful now. <laughs> Listen, I'm marrying my coworker. No, no, I was going to say, Craig, <laughs> Craig had to report his relationship to HR, so. Well, it's um, like, it's like if, if, if four people really like one another and want to have an orgy and they all work a together. A polycule, if Who you will. Who cares? You know, <laughs> whose business is it but their own? Let the yeah. people fuck. <laughs> no Why don't you drop that on the hottest take? What, like I, I'm, I'm pro workplace orgy? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, this was the last episode of the Ring of Fantasy Football Show. Thank you everyone for being with us on this run. I don't think we'll ever do another show that again. Is, that's um, a great way to end this. That was honestly, it's on brand. That was how we were always going to go out. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Austin, for being the uh, the Bajan Robinson behind the scenes. Our do a little bit of everything. Incredible, incredible amount of like facts going on in the Slack right now from from Austin. You guys Thank remember you, that Craig. Twitter account Uber Facts? That's Austin. That's Austin. Actually, was the guy running that? Call him Oops. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, the Doors. Nice. Laporte's, if you will. The, the, the Doors movie is good. Um, With Vin, uh, or sorry, Val Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer plays Jim Morrison. I actually like it. It's a little chaotic, but it's pretty fun. There's a bar I go to in LA, in Santa Monica, called Yield King's Head. It's like, a, mm-hmm. it's like an English pub. And Jim Morrison used to go there. There's like a picture of like him on the wall. Oh, wow. He used to just like go and drink. I'm like, hey. Sweet. Way back in the day. Are you a big Doors guy, Craig? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say so. I like like some of their songs, but I'm not like a, like a, a real passionate a doors head doors yeah. guy. I'm not a doors head. I'm not a Laporta. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call the fans. Yeah. <laughs> Hi Fitz. Nothing. Do you like the doors? More of a windows guy. Nice. Oh. oh, if I knew what window was in French, I would have said la and then window, but I don't know. Ventana. I guess that's Spanish. Might be Austin, where you at? Where's your facts? Everything in French. Uh, f- I, I can't say that in French. I def, def, defenestration? 
That's probably well, where that, the... Well, defenestration is when you throw someone out of a window. So window is just fenestray. Still can't believe there's a word for throwing somebody out of a window. I don't... I just don't think... Well, it, when it's something happens a lot, you name it. I just don't... I guess. I guess that was happening a lot those days. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, look, if it was 1500, we would have defenestrated Kyle Pitts. But now we just yell at him on the internet, so... Before we go, I wanted to remember to do my rankings, my... This is going to be Dynasty Rookie Rankings for Superflex Tight End Premium, which is like the most common thing that I've been playing lately. Um, so this is obviously you get an extra half point if you're a tight end. So that's why the tight ends may be a little bit higher than normal standard rankings. So here we go. Number one, Anthony Richardson. Number two, Jameer Gibbs. And by the way, if you need a quarterback, I am okay with you taking a quarterback before Wait, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, sorry, you have Richardson one and Gibbs two? That's correct. Over Bajan Robinson? Oh, sorry. Hold on. <laughs> I was not scrolled to the top. Bijan is number one. <laughs> I was missing one line. We're keeping that. We're Thank keeping you. that. That's kind of important. Bijan Robinson, number one. That's... Anthony Richardson, number two. Thank you for correcting me on that. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, I've got third, but it's also like a tier with CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Bryce Young. And then right after that, I got Jordan Addison. I got Dalton Kincaid, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Michael Mayer, Devon A. Chain, Will Levis, and then dropping down quite a bit here, we got Zach Charbonnet, Marvin Mims, Sam Laporta, Sam the Door, although after talking about him, I might move him up slightly, Kendra Miller, Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Josh Downs, Jonathan Mingo, Rasheed Rice, Ty J Spears, Roshan Johnson. And then that's my top 24. And if you want to go further out from that, Luke Schoomaker from the Cowboys, who I think is sneaky, going to have a really good opportunity here in, in Dallas, Jalen Hyatt, Darnell Washington, Tank Bigsby, and Hendon Hooker. So that's my top 29. And obviously after that, it's pretty like wide open. Do if you have the 30th you pick, then you can just go to hell. That's what DK said. Just it's just wide open. There's a whole there's a whole slew of guys from there that it just go with your gut on those guys. But I'm gonna have this, I'm gonna have this published uh next week for people that are doing the work of drafts. Fantasy football.com, baby. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everyone.